Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this time we could look into thy word. And Father, thou hast given us thy word. We understand that. We know that. It's kind of a given. But Lord, help us to realize that you've given us your word to learn and to obey. And yes, to trust. That when you say something in your word, it is the truth. It needs to be believed. It needs to be trusted. It needs to be obeyed. And help us to learn from these examples tonight, one bad and two good. And so help us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar is a name that's used in Jeremiah for Nebuchadnezzar, same person. So the message was given by, or declared by Jeremiah as God gave it to him in response to King Zedekiah who said, inquire of the Lord. That was, a, I mean, you know, that was a common thing. Um, they would go to the prophets and they would ask him to pray. Maybe somebody, people come to you, I hope they do, and ask you to pray. People ask me to pray all the time for various things. And so, uh, he, this, is, this is God's answer to Jeremiah's inquiry. In fact, it was in the same book of Jeremiah where God said to Jeremiah, don't even, don't even pray. pray. Don't pray for this people for their good. Uh, because they would already passed the point of no return. So, the, the question of judgment, the question of Jerusalem falling to Babylon was not a question of if, it was a question of when, it was going to be very soon, and so God said, it's, you're, I'm just not going to spare you anymore, the judgment is coming. Alright, so let's go to the book of, of Jeremiah chapter 38, just for just a moment, because it's the same basic passage. Um, <clears throat> we're going to take a look at the first example tonight. Did this man trust God or didn't he? It was King Zedekiah. Let me say at the outset that we have two kings we're going to consider tonight. One is Zedekiah and one is Jehoiachin. Right? And the Bible says of both of these men, he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Right? But we're going to see something a little different between these two men. So Zedekiah basically receives the same message. All right? So, uh, and, and he says there in verse uh, 14, verse, chapter 38, verse 14, Then Zedekiah the king sent and took Jeremiah the prophet unto him into the third entry that is in the house of the Lord. And the king said unto Jeremiah, I will ask thee a thing, hide nothing from me. Now these men have a history already. Zedekiah has already had Jeremiah thrown in prison and that sort of thing because he didn't like what Jeremiah was preaching. But now it comes to him. Right? He says, you know, tell me the truth. Um, verse 15, Then Jeremiah said unto Zedekiah, If I declare unto thee, wilt thou not surely put me to death? And if I give thee counsel, wilt thou not hearken unto me? So Zedekiah the king swears secretly unto Jeremiah, saying, As the Lord liveth, that made us the soul, I will not put thee to death, neither will I give thee into the hand of these men that seek thy life. And men were constantly coming to Zedekiah, requesting that Jeremiah, the, the king, allow them to put him to death. So far, he hadn't left them, right? He let them go to put him in prison so, and so forth. All right, verse 17. Then said Jeremiah to Zedekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, if thou wilt assuredly go forth under the king of Babylon's princes, then thy soul shall live, and this city shall not be burned with fire, and thou shalt live, and thine house that if thou wilt not go forth to the king of Babylon's princes, then shall the city be given into the hand of the Chaldeans, and they shall burn it with fire, and thou shalt not escape 
um, out of their hand. All right, so basically the same message of Jeremiah had preached it to the people in, in chapter 21, and now he gives it to the king in a personal interview. All right, so that was the message from God, and then let's see what happens. Um, by the way, Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, if you don't surrender, that's what go out means, and that's what he meant in chapter 21, when he said, he that falleth to the Chaldeans, means those that willingly surrender, right, to the king of Babylon, to his princes, to his army. If you go out to them, I promise you that your life will be spared, and even here to Zedekiah, he says, you can prevent the city from being burned if you will surrender. Well, let's see what happened. Verse chapter 39 and verse 1, just like, just like the Jeremiah said, In the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the tenth month, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army against Jerusalem, and they besieged it. And that, by the way, besieged it meant that they, they completely surrounded it, they shut off any way in or out, it also meant that they basically tried to starve the people. That, that's all about, that's what happened when you besieged a city. And in the eleventh year of Zedekiah, in the fourth month, the ninth day of the month, the city was broken up. Right, so they broke through. And all the princes of the king of Babylon came in and sat in the middle gate, even Nergal Sherezer. We mentioned that guy this morning as one of three kings that are mentioned besides Nebuchadnezzar. He wasn't a king yet. But he became king, right? Samgar Nebo, uh, Sarsakim, Rab Saris, Nergal Sherezer, uh, Rab Mag, with all the residue of the princes of the king of Babylon. So he sent all his princes and his army. <clears throat> Remember what God says: surrender and you'll live. Zedekiah came past verse 4. That when Zedekiah the king of Judah saw them, all the men of war, then they fled and went forth out of the city by night. By the way of the king's garden, by the, by the gate betwixt the two walls, and he went out the way of the plain. All right, so Zedekiah did not surrender. Uh, he didn't go out to the king, but he tried to flee, tried to run away, tried to sneak away. Verse 5, but the Chaldeans' army pursued after them and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. And when they had taken him, they brought him up to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and to Riblah, in the land of Hamath, where he gave judgment upon him. Then the king of Babylon slew the sons of Zedekiah and Riblah before his eyes. Also the king of Babylon slew all the nobles of Judah, all the ones that fled with him. Moreover, he put out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him with chains to carry him to Babylon. All right. Now, man, cruel man, cruel man, that Nebuchadnezzar was, but God had said, this doesn't have to happen. You surrender, I'll protect you. Right? And the Chaldeans, verse 8, burned the king's house and the houses of the people with fire and break down the walls of Jerusalem. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive in Babylon the remnant of the people that remained in the city and those that fell away that fell to him. In other words, those that surrendered with the rest of the people that remain. But Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, left with the poor of the people which had nothing in the land of Judah and gave them vineyards and fields at the same time. Now this is, that I find that really neat because one of the things that the prophets had accused Judah of was oppressing the people. 
And, and so there were poor people that had been, everything in particular had been oppressed by the king and by others, but God put it in Nebuchadnezzar's heart to leave the poor, make them vine dressers and so on. It tells us that in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles, that he left those people and gave them vineyards, and he gave them places to live, gave them things to do, so that they would be uh, provided for. All right, so our first example he did not, he didn't, she didn't trust. He didn't do what God said. He lost his sons, he lost his eyesight, he lost everything. Alright? Alright, let's take a look at example number two in 2 Kings 24, uh, Jehoiachin. Let's see what happened to uh, Jehoiachin. Um, 2 Kings chapter 24. By the, he was given the same opportunity, the same message at some point. He probably was among those who heard Jeremiah deliver the message to the people in chapter 21. All right, 2 Kings, better get in the right book. 2 Kings chapter 24. Um, and we're going to start in verse 8. All right, 2 Kings 24 and verse 8. All right, Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. His mother's name was Nehushta, the daughter of Elnathan of Jerusalem. He did that which is evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father had done. Why, well, how could he do that much evil in three months? Well, we have a president right now that's done a lot of evil in about a month right? or so. So evil can happen quickly. Now, at that time, the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. Right? Same thing, same situation. What we read about in chapter 38 of Jeremiah, 39 of Jeremiah, where the city's besieged now. Okay? Verse 12, or verse 11, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city, and his servants did besiege it. And Jehoiachin, the king of Judah, went out to the king of Babylon. He and his mother, and his servants, and his princes, and his officers. And the king of Babylon took him in the 18th year of his reign. All right? So, what did he do? He went out. He went out to the king. Uh, let's read a few more verses. And verse, this is what he did. He carried, this is what Nebuchadnezzar did. He carried out thence all the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king's house, and cut in pieces all the vessels of gold, which Solomon king of Israel had made in the temple of the Lord, as the Lord had said. And he carried away all Jerusalem and all the princes and all the mighty men of valor, even 10,000 captives, and all the craftsmen and smiths, none remained, save the poorest sort of the people of the land. And he carried away Jehoiachin to Babylon, and the king's mother, the king's wife, and his officers, and the mighty of the land. Those carried he into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. And all the men of might even 7,000, and craftsmen and smiths a thousand, all that were strong and apt for war, even them the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon. And the king of Babylon made Madaniah his father's brother king in his stead and changed his name to Zedekiah. All right, so you have Jehoiachin, you have Zedekiah. Now Zedekiah didn't listen. He suffered for it. Now, let's go on, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 25. Right, verses 20, starting verse 27. How long do we trust? How long do we trust God? 
37 years go by. It says in verse 27, it came to pass in the seventh and thirtieth year, 37th year of the captivity of Jehoiachin, king of Judah, so he's still alive 37 years later. God said, you'll live, surrender, you'll live. On the seventh and twentieth day of the month, that evil Merodach, we mentioned him this morning too, king of Babylon, in the year that he began to reign, did lift up the head of Jehoiachin, king of Judah, out of prison, and he spake kindly to him, and set his throne above the throne of the kings that were with him in Babylon, and changed his prison garments, and he did eat bread, continued before him all the days of his life. And his allowance was a continual allowance given him of the king, a daily rate for every day, all the days of his life. Now, it said that both of these men, Jehoiachin and Zedekiah, did evil in the sight of the Lord. But somehow, at some point, Jehoiachin heard the message from God. He surrendered to the king of Babylon. He was carried away, put in prison for 37 years. But his life was spared, like God said. And 37 years later, he's taken from prison. He's given a, a position of honor by evil Merodach, the king. And so um, that's what happened when, when he obeyed the word of God and did what God told them to do. It didn't make us, didn't really, didn't mean he had an easy life from that point on. Um, you know, there's a, there's a message out there. There's a whole bunch, a whole, whole philosophy that's being preached out there somewhere about this prosperity thing. Trust God, you'll never have a problem. You'll never be sick. You'll never lack money. You'll have everything you want. Well, there's only one problem with that. It's, it isn't in the Bible, right? And uh, the closest thing where they get it, a lot of these guys, they take promises God made to Israel and try to apply it to our life, right? God never promises the Christian health, prosperity, and all that. He promises to be with us to provide our needs, but he never says we won't have that we won't have sickness, we won't have you know different kinds of problems and all that sort of thing. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, um, in in the world you shall have tribulation. Not you might, you shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And so, again, Jehoiachin was rewarded. It took a while for him to, to gain that full blessing, but he got it because he obeyed God in one simple thing. It really wasn't a difficult thing. You know, Zedekiah didn't have to try to get people to interpret for him and say, well, you know, what does this really mean? I hear people, oh, today, you know, well, I know the Bible says that, but does it really mean that? You know, well, yes, it does. And, and there was a simple message, wasn't it? If you want to live, surrender. Right? Kind of like the message to the believer. We need to surrender to God. Now let's take a look at a third example, and that's the Jeremiah himself. Alright? Chapter 32. Now, you know, Jeremiah delivered the message, but you know what? He had, just like preachers today, we give the message, we need to live the message. You know, Jeremiah had to obey God. You know, I mean, God's word to him was to be obeyed, uh, just like it was the people of Judah were supposed to obey. So let's take a look. We have uh, Jeremiah chapter 32. Let's take a look at what God said. Remember, God said a lot, obviously, to Jeremiah, but there's a couple really personal messages that God gave to Jeremiah. He gave him a matter of trust, too, all right? In chapter 32, first of all, God speaks to Jeremiah concerning 
Jerusalem. Okay. Now, let's see. Where is that? He's in prison, by the way. Verse 32, or chapter 32, verse 1. The Lord, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had been king and he had done some things, he had set up some things, and for then for then the king of Babylon's army besieged Jerusalem, and Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the prison, which is in the king of Judah's house. So, so Jeremiah was in prison. Why was he in prison? Verse 3 For Zedekiah, king of Judah, had shut him up, in other words, locked him up, saying, Wherefore dost thou prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will give this city to the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall take it. Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape out of the hand of the Chaldeans, but shall surely be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon, and shall speak with him mouth to mouth, and his eyes shall behold his eyes. And he shall lead Zedekiah to Babylon, and there shall he be till I visit him, until I visit him, saith the Lord, though you fight with the Chaldeans, ye shall not prosper. All right, so that was the message. He was faithful. He delivered the message. He got put in jail because of it. All right, now, so that's one thing concerning Jerusalem. But then a second thing in the message of God of Jeremiah was concerning a land purchase, a redemption of property. Verse 6, And Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Behold, Hananiel, the son of Shalom, thine uncle shall come unto thee, saying, Buy thee my field that is in Anathoth, for the right of redemption is thine to buy it. And so Hanamiel, my uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison, according to the word of the Lord, and said to me, Buy my field, I pray thee, that is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is thine, and redemption is thine. Buy it for thyself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. Okay, the Lord said, He'll come, and He did come. And, he, and so he said, buy my land, buy my property, um, do, the, you know, do the, uh, the, the activity, do the, the responsibility of the kinsman redeemer. Do that. And so he did. Verse 9. I bought, and I bought the field of Hanabiel, my uncle's son, that was in Anathoth, and weighed him the money, even 17 shekels of silver. And I subscribed the evidence and sealed it and took witnesses and weighed him the money and the balance. And I thought I was just like, well, just like it was supposed to be done. So I took the evidence of the purchase, both that which was sealed according to law and custom, and that which was open, and I gave the evidence of the purchase unto Barak, the son of Neriah, the son of Maaseah, in the sight of Hanamiel, my uncle's son, in the presence of the witnesses that subscribed the book of the purchase before all the Jews that sat in the court of prison. So he's in jail, but he does this. He does the, he makes, does the purchase. And, verse 13, I charged Barak before them, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, take these evidences, this evidence of the purchase, both which is sealed, and this evidence which is open, in other words, that was open for inspection, and put them in an earthen vessel that they may continue many days. So put them in an earthen vessel, seal them up, so that they'll be preserved, so they won't be lost. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses... And fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. Now, you know, they don't understand the context. Again, it's, it's Judah's about to fall. Nebuchadnezzar's already been there. And, been, and, and so eventually the, the, the uh, temple's going to be destroyed. The 
king's house, a lot of houses, a lot of destruction, and, and they're going to be carried away. And Jeremiah says, but God said to me that once again, their houses are going to be possessed, people are going to come back, you know, God isn't going to forget you out there, and he's going to bring you back in his timing. All right, now let's see. So, uh, he, he, he obeyed. He, he does what God says to do. But then he goes into prayer. <coughs> Verse 16, Now I have delivered the evidence of the purchase unto Barak, the son of Neriah. I prayed unto the Lord, saying, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. And now he's talking about... Um, Verse 23, he's talking about, the, he's going, he's praying to God about Israel, about the history and all the things that God had done. And he says this in verse 23, And they came in and possessed it, but they obeyed not thy voice, neither walked in thy law. They have done nothing of all that thou commandest them to do. Therefore, there has caused all this evil to come upon them. Behold the mounts. In other words, as they built up the, 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 the siege. They are come into the city to take it, and the city is given into the hand of the Chaldeans that fight against it because of the sword and of the famine and of the pestilence and what thou hast spoken has come to pass and behold thou seest it. Right? Jeremiah's praying to God about this. And thou hast said unto me, verse 25, O Lord God, buy thee the field for money and take witnesses for the city is given into the hand of the Chaldeans. So Jeremiah says, I did, I, I've done what you told me but the city's given and so Jeremiah's laying this out before God and the Lord said in verse 26, then came the word of the Lord and Jeremiah said, behold I am the Lord the God of all flesh is there anything too hard for me and he goes on to talk about how he is he's giving the city, yes it's true he's giving the city to Nebuchadnezzar and they will take it and they're going to do all this thing, they're going to burn in verse 29, they're going to set fire in the city and Burn it with the houses and, and so on. And they're going to take, you know, they're going to, they're going to destroy the temple and all those kinds of things. Verse 32 Because of all the evil of the children of Israel and of the children of Judah, which they have done to provoke me to anger, they, their kings, their princes, their priests, and their prophets, and the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And they have turned unto me the back and not the face. So in other words, it got, although I taught them, rising up early and teaching them, yet they have not hearkened to receive instruction. So they turned to God as God spoke to them. They turned away, not going to listen. They turned his, to the back and, tur and not the face. I remember as a child, more than one time, my mom saying to me, Gary Myers, Look at me when I'm talking to you, all right? And that's what God basically said to Judah. They, not, not, they turned away. They turned, they turned, they showed the face, you know, the back and the face. They didn't hearken, so on. Verse 34, but they set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name, to defile it. We know there's history of that. They brought idols into the temple, right? And so on. And they built the high places of Baal, Verse 35, and Molech, they bought the abomination of Molech. They, had their, they passed their, their sons and daughters through the fire. did everything God told them not to do. And then, verse 36, And now therefore thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city, whereof he say, 
It shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. Behold, I will gather them out of all countries, whither I have driven them in my anger and in my fury and in great wrath, and I will bring them again unto this, this place, and I will cause them to dwell safely, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever for the good of them and, for, and of their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts, that they shall not depart from me. So God says to Jeremiah, the day is coming, I will bring them back. Now this is not, they did come back under you know, Cyrus and allowed them, they've come back several times, and there's Jews back there now, but this has never been fulfilled. Right? Because God says, when I bring them back the, this time, you know, when, I bring them, when I bring them back according to my promise, they will never depart from me again. They will be faithful to me forever. Right? Of course, that's, that hasn't happened yet. It won't happen. God will begin to do that during the tribulation. And then when Christ comes for his kingdom, that's when this will be finalized. And they'll never depart from God again. Right? And so it goes on to talk about that. And fields, verse 43, shall be bought in the land, and all those kinds of things. All right, so, so Jeremiah did that. Jeremiah obeyed God. He bought the land, and, and, and he and God had this you know, dialogue, and Jeremiah prayed, God answered. Well, I want us to look at one more thing um, regarding Jeremiah, and that is God's care. Um, chapter 39. Chapter 39, and again, this is not something that a cognitive king would normally do. And I'm intrigued by the fact that uh, we're going to see in this passage that King Nebuchadnezzar sent, gave orders to his men about concerning Jeremiah. All right? I'm, you know, it's interesting, you know, he knew him, he knew who Jeremiah was. Alright, so, um, chapter 39, let's start in verse 11. Again, this is the year, you read, you know, this is when the, the king Zedekiah fled and all that happened to him. He put his sons to death and put his put the king put the eyes of the king out. We did we looked at this already. Eleven. Let's take a look at verse eleven. Now, now Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, gave charge concerning Jeremiah to Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, so the leader of the army, saying, "Take him and look well to him, and do him no harm." But do unto him, even as he shall say unto thee. So Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, sent, and Nebuchadnezzar, Rapsaris, and Nergal, Sherezer, Ragmag, and all the king of Babylon's princes, even they sent, and took Jeremiah out of the court of the prison, and committed him unto Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, that he should carry him home, so he dwelt among the people." Right, so when when all this happened, when the army finally took Jerusalem, Jeremiah was in prison. So he didn't have the choice. He didn't have the opportunity to surrender. Right. So actually, being in prison was a better thing for Jeremiah because he got special care. The, the Lord arranged all that. Now, verse fifteen says, "Now the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah while he was shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Go and speak to.'" 
Ebed Melech, the Ethiopian, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring my words upon this city for evil and not for good, and they shall be accomplished in that day before thee. But I will deliver thee in that day, saith the Lord, and thou shalt not be given into the hand of the man of whom thou art afraid, for I will surely deliver thee, and thou shalt not fall by the sword, but thy life shall be for a prey to thee, because thou hast put thy trust in me, saith the Lord. So this um, Ebed-Melech, one of the ones who stood up for Jeremiah, helped him. God said, this is going to be your reward. You're not going to be hurt. All right? Now, chapter 40 and verse 1. Then the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, after that Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, had let him go from Ramah, when he had taken him, being bound in chains among all that were carried away captive of Jerusalem and Judah, which were carried away captive into Babylon. The captain of the guard took Jeremiah and said unto him, The Lord thy God hath pronounced this evil upon this place. So he knew, they knew. Now the Lord hath brought it and done it according as he hath said, because ye have sinned against the Lord and hath not obeyed his voice. Therefore, this thing has come upon you. By the way, isn't it interesting? We've been talking on Wednesday nights about the names of God. And here, the captain of the guard says, The Lord thy God. Special name, Jehovah Elohim. He refers to God this way. Now the Lord, Jehovah, hath brought it and done according as he said, because ye have sinned. He knew, they understood. Verse 4, now he's now to, he's talking to Jeremiah, now behold, I loose thee this day from the chain which were upon my hand. If it seem good unto thee to come with me into Babylon, come. And I will look well unto thee, but if it seem ill unto thee to come with me into Babylon, forbear. Behold, all the land is before thee, whither, whither, whither it seemeth good and convenient for thee to go, thither go. So obviously he gave the choice, Jeremiah, whatever want to do. Now make sure you're taken care of. Now while he was not yet gone back, he said, Go back also to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon hath made governor over the cities of Judah, and dwell with him among the people, or go wheresoever it seemeth convenient unto thee to go. So the captain of the guard gave him victuals, in other words, gave him food, then in prison, and the reward, and let him go. Then went Jeremiah unto Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, to Mizpah, and dwelt with him among the people that were left in the land. Right. Now, so, who was Gedaliah? Gedaliah was a man that Nebuchadnezzar had appointed, had given him charge over Jerusalem, over Judah. God had said, and Nebuchadnezzar said, you know, don't be afraid of him, serve him, everything will be fine. Well, you read on in the book of Jeremiah, some of the people of, his, of Judah conspired against Gedaliah and killed him. Because that brought more wrath and more judgment from God upon the people of Judah. All right, so, Nebuchadnezzar gave the command. Nebuchadnezzar carried it out. And Jeremiah was blessed. Jeremiah was provided for. And, and so on. Um, and then we have, just in closing here, let's think about these three men. All right? Zedekiah disregarded God's word. And how did that go for him? It didn't go very well, right? Je Jehoiachin, although doing evil for the most part, gave heed to God's instruction and was blessed 
in the end. And I really think that there's a good parallel that we can, we can take out of this for our lives as Christians. We trust God, and things will, will not always be good and smooth. You know, hopefully we won't spend 37 years in prison like Jehoiachin did, but we will be blessed in the end, right? And like Zedekiah, or like Jehoiachin was. All right, Jeremiah also did what God told him to do, even if he didn't understand, even when he lacked faith. In fact, there was a time, when we didn't look at that, but in Jeremiah chapter 20, you want to go back and read that chapter, Jeremiah said, I'm done, I quit. Every time I speak in the name of the Lord, I end up in jail or something bad happens. And God, I didn't think it was going to be this way. And I'm just had it. I'm just not going to talk about God anymore. How'd that go? Well, it didn't go very well because the Bible says that the word of God, the word of the Lord was like fire in his bones and he couldn't be quiet. So that, that was Jeremiah. You know, they put him in prison and there was, there was no water there, but it was all mud. It was mire and he sunk. In fact, this evil guy that we talked about recently, uh, you know, that, that came along was one of the ones that helped rescue Jeremiah out of the pit. So he didn't, you know, he, he had a, he had a tough ministry, right? Um, so um, even when he didn't understand, even when he lacked faith, even when he suffered, yet he obeyed God. He was protected, cared for, and blessed by God. And now Jeremiah is remembered as being one of God's most faithful servants. You know, he was also known as the weeping prophet as he, as he wept over the situation. Well, our issues of trust may not include such things as drastic as our three men tonight. But if we trust God at all times, in all circumstances, there will at least be temptations from the devil and his crowd and opposition. There may be trials from the Lord. There will be things that we must deal with. But ultimately, trust in God will be rewarded now and in the life to come. All right? So, um, as you look through the Old Testament, as you read through the New Testament, one common thing is that God's people face trouble. All right? They face whatever, whatever that trouble may be. Tribulation comes. Trials come. Temptations come. All kinds of things come into our lives. And God says, trust me, trust me. And there's a song, I'll have to see if I can find the words. But when your Bible college, one of the students sang this, this song, and it's called, I will trust when I cannot see. Right? I will trust when I cannot see. And the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. We can't see, we can't see the outcome. But we can see God's word, because we can see how he leads us, and what he says to us, so may the Lord help us to trust him. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful tonight uh, for the word of God, and we thank thee uh, for these examples, and these were certainly life situations, and they were not easy. Uh, and certainly because uh, Jehoiachin and Zedekiah, they, they disobeyed God for the most part, and they brought judgment upon the nation, and then Jehoiachin, when he did trust him, obey what you said, he was rewarded. And of course, and Jeremiah was faithful to be declared the word of God, no matter what. And Lord, we want, I want to pray tonight for all of us here that we might trust thee. I pray for, for the servants of God in this country and around the world. God, help us all to trust thee. I think about missionaries, and pastors, evangelists, and Christ, just Christian people in countries tonight where just to be a Christian can be a death sentence. 
help them, help them to trust in the Lord. Father, we want to thank Thee for Thy blessings and thankful that ultimately we are going to be with the Lord forever and ever. And once there, we'll never have a tear, we'll never have a sorrow, never have a pain, never have persecution, never have a sin. We're thankful for all those things. And it's all because of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the world hates us because it hates Him. And help us to remember that. And we ask your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, we're going to do the hymn, at least a couple of verses that we did last Sunday night, Trust and Obey. And Josh, you're welcome if you'd like to come and play that for us. And, uh, let's take our hymn books. We'll turn to that hymn, 261. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Alright, let's sing verse 1 and 4. Right? Verse 1, verse 4. Trust and obey.
you'll just be able to just play the hymns, all of them, and, and help us in the services like that. We just ask that you watch over everybody tonight. And uh, bless. We have, we're going to pray tonight for uh, the Sweet family as uh, Pastor uh, Sweet has been called home to be with the Lord. We're just uh, thankful for his great life of service. Uh, thank you that you have provided a, another, a new pastor for the church out there. And we just ask for your guidance and blessing in the days ahead for, for Marie and for the family and for the church. And, uh, just be with us now, Lord, as we, again as we leave this place. And thank you for being our God. Thank you for your blessings. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.